sound familiar? If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. When a breastfeeding mother returns to work, she often has questions about how much breast milk her baby needs when she is away, how to make sure that her caregivers are not overfeeding her baby, and what she can do to avoid formula supplementation when she returns to work. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome back to the show Wendy Wright, a private practice international board certified lactation consultant and founder of Lactation Navigation, a business based in the Bay Area in California that helps support breastfeeding moms and the businesses they work for. Today, we are discussing how to make sure baby is getting enough while mom is back at work. This is The Boob Group, episode 61. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk. What's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva. Don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk never had to pump. Breast milk. All udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the Boob Group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to the Boob Group, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Robin Kaplan. I'm also an international board-certified lactation consultant and owner of the San Diego Breastfeeding Center. Thanks to all of our loyal listeners who have joined the Boob Group Club. Our members get all of our archived episodes, bonus content after each new show, plus special giveaways and discounts. Subscribe to our monthly newsletter for a chance to win a membership to our club each month. Another way for you to stay connected is by downloading our free app available at iTunes and in the Android Marketplace. Today we are joined by three lovely panelists in the studio. Ladies, will you please introduce yourselves? My name is Christine McCarty. I am 23. I'm in the military and I have one 14-month-old daughter named Zoe. Would you like to go next? Sure. <laughs> My name is Kelly. I'm 26, and I am a clinical supervisor for children with autism. And I have two boys. One is almost three, and one is almost nine months. Wonderful. And Teresa? My name is Teresa Sample. I'm a postdoctoral research associate at uh, Scripps Research Institute. Um, I have one daughter who is 12 and a half months old. Her name is Nicole. Well, ladies, welcome to the show. <coughs> Sounds familiar. <coughs> If your baby is going through another bout of bad diaper rash, then you need to give Dr. Mom Butt Balm a try. It was created by a mom who's also a doctor. When my kids were little, I remember using this thick, goopy cream to help soothe their sensitive skin. Ugh, it was so difficult to wipe off. Not with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. You only need a small amount, and it's really easy to apply and remove. 
It's also free of dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, so it's gentle on your baby's delicate skin. Help your baby feel better and get relief from irritating diaper rash with Dr. Mom Butt Balm. Look for it on Amazon and Walmart.com. So today we're here with John Gillen. He is the co-founder and product designer of one of my favorite products. Um, the company's called Pumpin' Pals. And so um, John is one of our sponsors of our episode today. So welcome to the show, John. Thanks, Robin. It's great being here. I really appreciate you inviting me. Sure. So um, t- we want to know a little bit about your company. What sparked the idea to start the company Pumpin' Pals? Well, um, I think it started, um, I grew up in a family, working in a family hardware store where, you know, everything was about having the right tool. And when my wife and I had our daughter, um, she started to use a breast pump and kind of struggled with it. And as the more I watched her, the more I thought, you know, she doesn't have the right tools that she needs to, to get that to operate as well as it could. So that's kind of what started it. I designed a few things for her just simply for her to use and to get through it. And then I introduced those products to some coworkers. And uh, they really liked them, and so I kind of uh, spun it off from there. And here we are 13 years later, and we're making products that are, that are sent uh, around the world. That's so terrific. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the products that Pump and Pals offers? Sure. These are accessories for moms to try to get the most out of their pumps. And uh, one of the first products that we did, which is a, just a very simple hands-free strap, in today's busy world, instead of being handcuffed to some bottles, lots of moms prefer to, to be able to utilize their hands in typing or writing letters or, or doing other things. And so we have a, a, a hands-free strap that's under $15. So that's kind of our first product. Then we have, uh, we have a little mesh bag that is a parts bag that um, allows all the freshly washed pump parts to dry naturally and it allows air movement through the bag so mom can keep all of her parts in one bag. And then our flagship product really have been, we call them super shields, but they're angled breast pumping flanges that either insert directly into the standard shield and flange that came with a pump that a mom has, or if a mom has a pump that has replaceable flanges, then they use ours as replacements to those. Absolutely. I mean, those those are the ones that I definitely recommend all of the time. My moms absolutely love them. And so um, for our listeners who have never seen these before, can you describe how is the shape of the Super Shield different than regular pumping flanges and what makes them so comfortable? A regular pump flange is basically, if you can kind of picture this in your mind, it looks just like an oil funnel. It's just a symmetrical funnel that starts widest at the top and then narrows down until it converges on a tube that then hooks up to the bottle. The first thing that I noticed is is that that wasn't the shape of my wife. By manipulating and changing the shape of that bell, it created a much better latch and a better interface between the pump and the breast. And so that was the first thing is, is that it's not symmetrical. It's an oval shape, and, and it allows moms to rotate it a little bit here or there to, to more fit what their shape is. The other thing is, is that if you, if you think about that funnel and how it tapers down, at the very bottom of the funnel is a, on a standard shield, it's a hard ring. That, the diameter of that ring is kind of the most important part of a standard shield and fitting it to a mom. 
At the same time, that ring can be where some trauma happens to tissue because it's completely unforgiving. If it's not the perfect size or if mom changes, swells while she's pumping, if anything changes, it can create tears, um, blistering, things like that. We eliminated that ring altogether. That was definitely uh, a move in the right direction for us and our customers. Absolutely. And, you know, the things that I recommend um, the Super Shields for are for my moms, like you mentioned, the ones who are having nipple trauma from the pump. There's nothing worse than breastfeeding and getting nipple trauma than having nipple trauma from a pump that isn't even cute and squishy and like a baby. And so I call it ring around the nipple. And it's like when they have those mm-hmm. little cuts around the side and I've, I've, they've found a lot of relief using these Super Shields as well as for the moms who are larger breasted and find that they have to lean over the whole time while they're pumping or else the milk slides out the back of the back of the flange and drips down and they've been working so hard to get all this milk out and it's dripping out the sides of their flanges and the super shields really really take care of that as well so um again i was super excited that you were on their show today because i just i love plugging your product um so john how can our listeners purchase pump and pal products and the set of super shields well the best thing to do, um, and the easiest way, is to either go to pumpandpal.com. That's www.pumpinpal.com. If your listeners go to check out, if they click on where there's a promo code spot, they can put in the boob group 15 and receive a 15% discount off of anything that they buy on, online. A lot of listeners, I'm sure, shop at Amazon. We are on Amazon. Those are the two best and fastest ways to get the product. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks so much, John. We really appreciate it. And thanks for making products that are making a difference with moms. Well, and thank you for what you do, too. It's, uh, it's you know, information really helps these moms out. Everything that your show does is a real fantastic benefit to them. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So today on The Boob Group, we're discussing how to make sure baby is getting enough when mom returns to work. Our expert, Wendy Wright, is an international board-certified lactation consultant and founder of Lactation Navigation in the Bay Area in California, which focuses on supporting and advising working breastfeeding moms, as well as setting up corporate lactation programs. She is also the creator of the Work and Pump iPhone app and the 16-Minute Club, a home delivery lactation support program focused on helping nursing mothers meet their breastfeeding goals. Thanks so much for joining us, Wendy, and welcome back to the show. Great, Robin. Thanks. Great to be here. So, Wendy, how can a breastfeeding mom determine how much her baby needs per bottle when she's at work? Is it based on the baby's age, weight, or both? Well, you know, that's what's so interesting about breast milk is that from the age of about six weeks until six months, that quantity of milk that the baby consumes doesn't really change over time. So it's about 25 ounces per day. So mom simply needs to decide how frequently her baby likes to feed or nurse. 
and then how many hours she's going to be gone. So, for example, if I'm working an eight-hour shift and I have an hour commute on each end, I'll be gone for 10 hours a day. I would generally then leave between 10 and 12 ounces, always a little bit extra just because you never know when there's going to be a growth spurt, or we we think we know, but (laughs) sometimes we can't predict them. And also, just in case there was a car accident or, you know, something held you up on the freeway on the way home, you wouldn't want to run low and then, you know, need to resort to formula supplementation. So it's nice to leave a little bit extra. So again, about an ounce an hour while you're gone is is a super guideline. So it actually, I, I know I recommend a lot to moms to use something called the milk calculator online. And so it actually sounds like there's not... There's not that much calculating that needs to be done. It really is about an ounce per hour. You know, it really is about an ounce per hour, but it doesn't hurt to double-check it on a milk calculator because some babies, um, for example, babies in a daycare setting where many babies are put on to similar schedules for the ease of the staff, um, those babies, for example, may feed at 9 a.m., noon, uh, 3 p.m., and then maybe a little bit before mom picks up or something like that. Those babies actually may may consume more during the day because they're on a schedule, not necessarily by cue. And so then you would like to use a calculator in a sense because then you might feed actually less at night if you were to offer a bottle. Generally, it would just go off of the breast and so the baby will take what they need. But it doesn't hurt to, you know, double check and get a range because, again, some babies, just like some adults, you know, eat more than others and some have different metabolisms. So it's just, it's one of those things you need to constantly track. Okay. And does this change a lot over time? You had mentioned that up to about six months, babies kind of plateau at about 25 ounces. Do you find that they go up a little bit more after six months? You know, I actually do find that because we are very, very hesitant and slow in our introduction of solids. You know how we're recommending, you know, start one solid and use that solid for about five to seven days before we initiate another one. So it takes a long time for babies to actually (laughs) have a full repertoire of solids that they're eating, sometimes up to about nine months or even longer, Um, just because moms are busy or babies may just love banana and so we just stick with that out of comfort, you know, all those different things. Um, So, yeah, we do see a slight increase in the breast milk, um, you know, as they begin to start those solids, and and we can't really count on the solids for many calories. But if mom just really watches her baby and honors those growth spurts and allows that baby, when that growth spurt hits, to breastfeed as much as possible, that, not consistency, excuse me, the components of that milk will change to reflect that baby's needs. So it's fantastic. Protein levels go up, fat goes up, so the baby can survive on the breast milk as they get, you know, more and more interested in the solid food. Okay, fantastic. So I'd love to open this up to our panelists now. Um, Ladies, how did you determine how much breast milk to leave for your child when you were at work? And did this change over time from the early days to when your child got older? Christine, you want to start? Sure. Um, I don't really remember how I figured out how much milk to leave with her at first because I went back to work when my daughter was six weeks old Um, and I think that I just because I started pumping at when she was four weeks because she started sleeping through the night at four weeks oh my gosh (laughs) and so I would pump at 1 30 in the morning every night and I just took pretty much everything I had to my daycare provider because I had an in-home provider and I pretty much took everything over there and said okay let me know how much she's eating is really where we started um, because she was super breastfeeding friendly, although she had never breastfed herself. Um, So she was pretty familiar with what to do, and we kind of settled that I would leave 
20 ounces over there and she would just keep one bag like one five ounce bag in her freezer at all times as like a just in case like last resort backup and she would usually have about 15 ounces while I was at work like three five ounce bottles okay Kelly how about you um, well, my both of my boys have always been home with my husband when I work, so I didn't have to transport milk anywhere, so that made that easy. Um, but kind of the same thing, I left like a good amount in the fridge. We always had the freezer back up, and we started with like two ounce bottles and slowly um, increased them as we got an idea of a, more of a consistent routine for when they would be eating. Um, but both of my boys took about three weeks of me being back at work to get into a routine of eating on on a more consistent basis because they would hold out for a while hoping I was coming home. And so it, it eventually worked up to about three and a half ounces every two and a half hours. Okay. How about you, Teresa? So for my daughter, she liked to eat every hour and a half to two hours when I was home with her. Um, and I was concerned with going back to work with that frequency. Uh, we ended up sending five three ounce bottles uh, to the daycare provider at first with the instructions to feed her every two hours and more if needed. And that worked really well with her eating three to four of those bottles, and the last one was back up. Uh, that worked for about three weeks. Um, I went back when she was 12 weeks old, and around four months old, my daughter woke up and decided she was more interested in the world, and she fussed from boredom. And our care provider um, interpreted it as hunger, and she started feeding her bottles back to back, so my daughter was getting six ounces at a time. Mm-hmm. And this was more than she needed, and, you know, was... There'd be a day when she'd have 17 ounces before, you know, 5 o'clock at night. We uh, ended up um, having a discussion with her, and then we actually we actually ended up switching providers for other reasons. But the same baby, a um, week later, was perfectly happy with 12 ounces of milk while I was gone, um, three, or four ounces every three hours. Uh, a month later, she went up to five-ounce bottles, but she uh, was steady at 15 ounces a day um, st- until about 11 months she dropped that bottle on her own. So in favor mm-hmm. of solids. Okay. And um, I, I'm really glad that you brought up, well, a couple different factors. Definitely we'll be talking in the second half of this interview about how to make sure the daycare providers are, are reading cues, um, just like you were describing with Nicole. Um, but also, lots of babies are snackers when they're breastfeeders because it's just, you know, it's there when they need it. And so it they don't have to necessarily eat on these more restricted schedules that sometimes they're put on um, when they're at large daycare and things like that. So Wendy, um, if a baby is snacking at the breast every two hours, should a mom leave a bottle for every two hours while she's at work? Or does it depend on the the care provider? What what have you found works best? Yeah, I really believe it does depend on the care provider. And uh, I'm a big proponent of empowering the care provider. I mean, I I really want to trust them. They're the ones there with the baby, right? So if they say the baby's hungry, assuming they're reading the cues appropriately, and we can have a dialogue and a discussion about that with them uh, because of course as the mother you're going to know those cues the best so they just like you trust them should trust you but yeah leaving a little extra um, enabling them to snack but also saying you know this is a snack and, and and admitting that it's a snack so it certainly shouldn't be three ounces a snack might be one ounce um, but really um, a pacifier or a game or looking at the sunshine or a sparkly toy you know probably will do the same thing so um, a snack is just like as an adult. It's a habit we get into. Um, and you're right. The breastfed baby comes to the breast every hour, hour and a half if they're around mom. Um, keeps crying down. It keeps them totally satisfied and keeps that milk really flowing. So we like that. But in the workforce, it's, it's a whole different story. And scheduling probably is 
the easiest thing um, over time with your caregiver. Those of you who went back to work super early, six weeks, 12 weeks, those babies, you know, it's a little bit easier to give them a little snack, just a little bit. The older babies, four months, five months, they are much more easy to get into routine if that helps, you know, the whole daycare situation. Sure. So baby might actually snack while they're at home with mom, but they might be on more of a defined schedule when they're at daycare or with a daycare provider. Yes, although the one thing I do notice as the moms who have the babies on a more rigid schedule Monday through Friday, it sometimes is helpful to just stick with that through the weekend um, because the babies sometimes don't cue quite as well because they're used to just, oh, I know I'm going to get fed in 30 minutes. So it's, it's good for mom to really be aware of that schedule just in case the baby does prefer that on the weekends as well. Teresa, did you find that, did Nicole go back and forth between what her, sched- her feeding schedules were like? She did, actually, for a couple of months, she was eating every three hours at daycare, and on the weekend, she would still nurse every one and a half to two hours. Um, and then around six or seven months, she started spacing out her feedings on the weekends yeah, on her own. as well. Okay. Fantastic. Well, when we come back, we will discuss with Wendy tips to make sure the baby's caregiver is not overfeeding the baby while mom is back at work. So we'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so welcome back. We're here with Wendy Wright discussing how to know your baby is getting enough when you are back at work. So Wendy, what tips can a mom help and give her care baby's caregiver so that her breastfed baby isn't being overfed while she's at work, kind of like Teresa was um, mentioning in the first half of this interview? Right, and good for you, Teresa, because that is such a difficult thing to not be there and yet to realize what's happening. So excellent, excellent job in reading that situation. Um, so there's a few things, um, and it's, it's so fascinating in the state of California, which is primarily where I practice, um, we have so few moms actually continuing to breastfeed while they return to work. The, the numbers range between from about 17 to 25% of moms. So just given those numbers, you can see then that 75% of daycare providers are dealing with formula babies. So it's not as though these daycare providers are intentionally doing anything wrong. It's just that you and I, if 75% of the time, you know, we take one route to work and the other time we take a different route, it's just going to be a little bit more unfamiliar. And we might tend to treat everything like the one we're more familiar with. So that's simply what's going on. Um, So we talked a bit earlier about cues, you know, those real engagement and disengagement cues and those engagement cues just being, you know, that intense stare at the face, that desire to interact, and then, of course, the feeding cues where the hands come to the mouth, the head roots, and the body kind of curls up and may even start to do a little fussing or crying if the baby has been exhibiting some cues for a while and has not been acknowledged or fed. So those are very, very important to review. But I like to review those not in terms of feeding. I like to review those just in terms of how to get along with my infant. Here's what she does when she wants to work with me, play with me, interact with me, and that also includes 
needs feeding. Here's what she does when she needs a little space and time, when she's overstimulated or when she's fatigued. So that's one discussion. But then also with the caregivers, I think it's really important that we also review with them the latest milk storage guidelines because, again, if they are normally feeding 75 85% of the time feeding formula, they're going to treat breast milk very, very differently than we may treat it ourselves because it's durability and it's, you know, it's ability to be in the freezer and sitting on the counter, those sorts of things. So we need to talk about that with babies also, or with daycare providers. Also discussions over reusing or refrigerating any leftover breast milk. So it's important um, in a formula bottle, of course, once it touches the baby's mouth, we do discard that bottle. Breast milk can be different. In the state of California, it is a requirement that you discard that milk in a large daycare center once it has touched the lips. In your own home or private daycare provider or nanny, you can then establish your household rules around that. And you may want to, you know, chat with your lactation consultant, make sure everything, you know, is working out. Not too long out of the refrigerator, of course, but I would definitely reintroduce a bottle, especially if there wasn't that much in it. So it all comes down to packaging, of course, because if we're not going to reintroduce a bottle once the baby has started it, then packaging in one and two ounce bottles and maybe even the caregiver warming up two one ounce bottles at a time is a much better option so we don't waste milk in those daycare settings where it must be discarded. And then also we definitely just want to make sure, and one of the panelists mentioned this, having an extra five ounces in the freezer, very, very important that the caregivers will do that because you just never know when you're going to need it. Caregiver could even spill the milk. I mean, it doesn't even have to be that you're late or anything. You just don't know. So important to have some extra and then I just like to also just double check that every parent that's a part of my daycare is clearly labeling and then that's a requirement for everyone. So there is no mix up of bottles and formula. And the last thing I love to check with with my caregiver is call me or check with me before supplementing with formula. And again, it's never really intentionally done in a, in a bad way. It's just that if 75% of the babies in the room are drinking that stuff, right? What's wrong with it? <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with it. It, of course, but if our intention is to 100% exclusively breastfeed, I want to meet the one that decides when my baby gets supplementation, not someone else. And so, you know, just a very, very clear dialogue about that is important, especially in areas where breastfeeding is not the norm. Those are great, great tips. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And what if the caregiver says that the baby was really hungry and mom didn't leave enough milk? Does your advice differ for a baby under six months and one over six months, for example, one that's getting breast milk in solids? How, what's the best way to negotiate this? You know, I, I think it does differ a little bit. And I, I think, you know, of course, try to read the baby. But the baby that's over six months and let's say is introduced avocado or banana or something like this, and that baby is showing some hunger cues after a bottle, I would then go ahead and go with the solid, especially if it's in the afternoon, mom's on her way within an hour, you know, just that distraction. Um, Of course, there could always be an ounce or two in the freezer if necessary, but really just to learn that it's not necessarily uh, the milk, but it can be a solid that can add. And then if we see that that solid's not 
sufficing, then it's really a suck need and probably not a hunger need. And that's a whole different situation where we could do some skin to skin or just some cuddle time or probably just needs to be with mom. (laughs) So just important that daycare providers and and caregivers can read those cues. Okay. Ladies, I would love to know what, what is your, what has your experience been with your baby's caregiver? I know Teresa had already kind of alluded to what was going on with her first one. Um, Did your caregiver have an issue with the amount of breast milk that you left for your baby? Was there ever a problem? And Teresa, actually, after that first thing um, with your first daycare provider, how has it been with with your second one? With the second provider, it's been very consistent. They um, wanted the 12 ounces total, um, and that was good. And then they let me know when she started needing more. Um, And we did have a freezer bag of backup that I think she used that first week when we first realized she needed a little bit more in her bottles. And um, we went up to 4.5 ounces and then 5 ounces. And after that, she was content. So, you know, and I trusted that provider to know that she really was still hungry. Yeah. How about you, Kelly? Um, re- it's your it's, husband, it's correct? Husband. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> communication is really easy. Um, we talk we talk throughout the day, even just bottle to bottle. Sometimes he'll say, you know, he naps longer than usual. Is it okay if I give him a little bit extra? Can I give him a little bit less? You know, that kind of thing. So that that's been really helpful, and he. Um, does really well. I mean, this is the second time around, so now he's a pro with it and doesn't (laughs) really even ask me anymore. He just makes the call and he's right. Um, But the first time around, he definitely deferred to me and wanted to make sure that he was increasing, decreasing appropriately. Um, But in the end, it usually kind of, I think for a lot of babies, it ends up being the same amount of ounces, sometimes just in different um, amounts throughout the day. Um, But we haven't had any problems with overfeeding or if anything, maybe underfeeding sometimes just because then he's, you know, starving at the end of the day. But that's <laughs> <Maybe>. his choice. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Christine? Well, my child care provider never had any issues with how much milk I was bringing, but I had issues um, because especially around five months, I had a huge dip in my supply. Like I was pumping like a half ounce per boob per session while I was at work. Like I was like in tears to my IBCLC, like I'm losing my milk. I don't know what I'm doing. And so I had to get a lot of supplements and stuff to get it back up. Up. Um, but in the meantime, I was like, listen, if I'm not making this much, I can't bring this much to work. I can't keep taking stuff out of my freezer to bring to you every single day or my freezer is going to be bone dry in the next couple of days. So how about I just bring you what I can and we'll work with it for now. And that's what we did. And she's 14 months and has never had a drop of formula. Um, but one thing that I did was I printed out an article from Kelly Mom that was how to bottle feed the breastfed baby that really helped my care provider because she was super on board with breastfeeding but had never breastfed herself. So she didn't know really, really that there was a difference in bottle feeding, like a formula-fed child and a breastfed child. So that really helped. Um, and yeah, we had a talk about cues, so that really helped. And um, yeah, I just like Wendy was mentioning, like I had the conversation with her from the very, very beginning. Do not give her formula without my consent. That's not okay, and that's not ever going to be okay. And if a problem were to ever come up and it were to look for any reason that she would need to have formula, like let's let's have some forethought and some planning and give her half breast milk half formula bottles just split up that last bag of milk in two so it's not just giving her 100% formula in that bottle and so that was you know i it was a really good thing that we established that from the very beginning and it never ended up being an issue so yeah and you had mentioned bottle feeding the breastfed baby wendy do you want to talk a little bit about that 
Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because really, if <laughs> if we're not experiencing uh, or teaching our care providers, right, the difference, we just expect them to know. That's kind of silly. So thank you, thank you. Great, great thing to bring up. And it's really called paste bottle feeding. Um, just the whole idea being that we never really want that bottle to be um, turned parallel or perpendicular to the baby's face, right? We don't want the baby gurgling, gurgling, gurgling in that milk in because as a breastfed baby, that's certainly not what they do. They actually have to suckle to remove that milk and compress to remove that milk from the breast. So um, that is a great article that you're mentioning. I know the one from Kelly Mom. And just really keeping that bottle parallel and then also tipping the baby up and you actually letting her have two or three sucks five sucks on a bottle without getting anything out and then tipping that bottle back. So the feeding of a two and a half ounce bottle, for example, is going to last you know, 20 minutes, which is going to sound like a really long time to the daycare provider, right? I don't, do I have that much time? Can I do this? And uh, then you just really have to work with them. I actually have said to several daycare providers when I give some talks at different centers that, um, you know, I know, I just empathize with them every time they say, but that takes so long. And I just say, oh, I know it drives us crazy too. But then I say, you know, a lot of doctors, because of all the reflux that's happening, are really insisting on it. And you just blame it on someone else. (laughs) 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 So that seems to go okay, because it it does take a lot longer to feed a breastfed baby, and it should than a formula baby. So it's a very, very interesting situation you brought up. Perfect. Um, Wendy, um, Whitney had posted on our Facebook page a question for you, and it was, if a mom's output is decreasing while at work, kind of like Christine just mentioned. Do you have tips to increase the amount of milk she gets through pumping? Yeah, you know that it it does seem to happen, especially when you go back to work a little bit early and and now you're going to be pumping at work for the next nine, ten months. Um, At some point, right, something can happen and that supply can go down a little bit. Um, So basically, you know, it's the things that I recommend are just increase pump frequency and or time. So if you could get back another pumping session or pump in the morning before work, maybe while breastfeeding on one breast is a great way to go. Or if you only have, you know, three breaks during the day, even if you added five minutes just to add a little bit more stimulation, three times a day, that's an additional 15 minutes of stimulation, could make a difference over time. Um, Also, a lot of moms, when they first use their pumps, they find a suction that is appropriate for them in month one, month two. And then some moms never even touch that suction dial. And now they've been pumping milk for four and five months. Well, like you and I, I mean, the breast gets a little bit more hard party, right? A little bit easier to use a little bit higher suction. So we could definitely play with that. It's definitely a tool we have in our arsenal. We should play with the suction, see if there's a day or two when we could amp that up a bit. And sometimes that produces a little bit more at each pumping session. Um, Definitely breastfeeding more at home. We also find that the mom that's been back to work has starting now to maybe take a night off and let her husband give a bottle or going out with the girlfriends or doing something, you know, there's a little bit less breastfeeding going on if we're honest with it. So again, just paying really, really good attention that am I truly breastfeeding all weekend or did I have a babysitter for the last three Saturdays? And and that makes a difference, right? So we definitely just want to look at our, our ourselves and our own patterns and make sure we're not really trying to 
you know, get something out when we, when you can't. Then of course, breastfeeding exclusively on our days off is just a great way to go. And then at home, even if, and this is so difficult with our time schedules, but even adding in a few pumping sessions right after breastfeeding, just to make sure those breasts are absolutely drained, really, really signaling to your pituitary that I've got to turn this milk supply on because this baby's draining me, right? Yeah. That's what we want the breast to think. So the emptier we get that breast every day, and that could be pumping and breastfeeding together, right? It makes it much, much emptier. Another piece of advice I often give to moms is if they are using a personal use pump and traveling to and from work with it, they might consider renting a hospital grade pump just for the short time that they could have at home or at work. Again, it's just a stronger motor, a little bit more effective and efficient to really empty that breast. That can often sort of jumpstart, especially if you've had a, a travel situation away from baby or something going on like that, maybe a brief illness, um, that that hospital-grade pump can really put you, you know, back up into the production levels that you were used to. And then, of course, as one of the panelists mentioned, um, there are, you know, lots of foods, teas, tinctures, capsules, and even medications that can increase supply. And those are things that can definitely be tried. Um, but definitely want to have a plan with those. It's not something we want to just start taking and think that we have to take, you know, for the rest of our breastfeeding experience. It's often just a, a little rough patch that we have to get through and then and, you know, baby either changes their patterns a bit or they start solid, something like that, and, and it all works out. So um, those, are, those are basically the, the suggestions that I give for, for any sort of supply issue. Sure, sure. Ladies, how about you? Um, Christine, I'd love to start with you since you had mentioned it first. But what tips did you have for kind of eking out every bit of breast milk possible when you oh, were man. pumping? I've been through the ringer with this one. I've <laughs> done everything under the sun, I'm pretty sure. So, um... I was on supplements for a long time, and then I realized, you know, my body's adapting to this, and these supplements aren't doing anything for me anymore. Like, I was on more Milk Plus, fenugreek, lactation, cookies, and my diet was super altered, and I just stopped all of it and gave it a couple of months, and then when I needed to again, I started it, and it worked again because your body adjusts to the supplements that you're taking. Um, And for the longest time, I was pumping on one side, at a time and just switching to the other side and just doing one side at a time instead of simultaneous. So I switched to doing simultaneous um, and that helped a lot. And um, I found out the correct way to do breast massage as you're, as you're pumping so you can stimulate. And um, after a while, I found that my body worked best with my pump if I constantly had it on that first stimulation mode instead of the letdown mode. Um, so as soon as my pump would switch over after like the two minutes or however long it is from the simulation or the stimulation mode to the letdown mode, I would just turn it right back onto stimulation mode and that helped a lot. And, um, yeah, I, I think besides that, I was, I watched videos of my daughter a lot, not necessarily the, oh, we'll record your baby crying stuff. Cause that just stressed me out <laughs> and then stopped. But, um, I just watched videos of like her and my husband, like taking baths and just hanging out and. Yeah, just the the fun the fun things and that helped a lot. And just uh leaving my pump on for like I made sure that no matter how much milk I made, if I was done producing after 5 minutes, I left that thing on for 20 minutes no matter what. I told everyone, "Leave me alone for 20 minutes. I'm not coming out of this bathroom for probably 30, just so you guys know." So <laughs> that helped a lot. Cool. So lots of extra stimulation. Yes. Yes, Definitely. yes, yes. I, I appreciate that you brought up the difference between this, the single side pumping compared to the double two. Because I remember listening to um, 
I can't remember some there was a lactation consultant speaking at one of our conferences saying that the difference in pump output compared to single and then single with massage and then double with double with massage was so drastically different yes. how much more you could get out using the double pump at the same time I should say with massage yes so I never knew what what a second letdown was until I started doing the simultaneous double pumping. Mm-hmm. Okay, fantastic. Yeah. How about you, Teresa? How how are you eking out your breast pump, your breast milk with the pump? Well, one thing that I realized that um, I was reminded of with the uh, changing the pump settings over time was actually the size of pump flanges that I needed changed around four and a half or five months, and I ended up getting a lot more milk out. My supply went back up when I just switched down to a smaller size pump <sighs> flange. I guess it was after the initial engorgement period when the larger ones fit. So that's something to think about that, you know, might not occur to someone. Um, But also for me, um, I noticed whenever I had a supply drop, I, well, I also, I always uh, pumped one side while baby nursed first thing in the morning. Um, And I did that even on weekends to get a little backup. And that really helped. That was always my biggest pump of the day. And then I would also um, add a pump session in the evenings when I needed to, when I wasn't keeping up with uh, my baby. And so that helps. And those you are know, great now, tips. Now I still have a freezer stash for her. Um, <laughs> stopped pumping two weeks ago. So. Nice. That's <laughs> awesome. Very cool. How about you, Kelly? Um, I always pumped on the way to and from work. Um, I work out in the field, so um, I'm going to clients' houses throughout the day. So 95% of my pumping is in my car anyway, either driving or not driving. Um, and so add, pumping on the way to and from work was an easy way to add extra sessions. Um, it also, I found that I pumped most when I was driving because I absolutely could not pay attention yeah. to pumping. I was <laughs> completely focused on something else. Um, and I mean, even now after years of pumping, um, I pump more, I, I will get more in my car than from, like if I'm in my office or at home, I don't get as much. And if I just go to my car, I get more. So my body is definitely <laughs> used to pumping in the car. Um, and then also changing the membranes on um, yes. on the pump. Um, I didn't know about that at all with my first son and I, I didn't have any issues with it, but I've seen a difference changing it since with my second. So. Oh, and I think an, an important thing to mention with that as well is that if you start noticing that it's going, the supply is going down with your pump, getting your pump checked for the suction because you just never know when that motor is going to kind of kick out. And then it actually has nothing to do with your supply. It's just that the suction, it, the motor is not strong enough to get the milk out anymore. So, And one thing, if I cannot stress this enough, if you're having issues pumping at work and you really, really want to maintain your goal of breastfeeding, however long long that is and you're having issues please see a lactation consultant and take your pump to them and be like hey assess the situation is there something wrong am I doing something wrong because maybe your nipples inserted in it incorrectly maybe your membranes need to be changed maybe your flanges are you know not the correct size maybe your tubing there's something wrong with that maybe they can hear something funky in your motor they're used to hearing that stuff like see a lactation consultant. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and the sponsor of our show actually, I, I should mention, is Pumpin' Pals and um, and their products have been so helpful for many of my moms when they go back to work because their their back hurts from s- having to sit up, lean over, sit up, lean over, all that kind of stuff and the way that their pump flanges are angled actually makes it so that it drips in there more comfortably. So I don't know if you've worked with those, Wendy, at all, but um, I find my moms, when they go back to work, they, they find they're pretty helpful as well. They're really helpful, yeah. And it's one of those things where, you know, I hate to be a person that's always telling people, go buy more stuff, go sure, buy more stuff. Me too. <laughs> but that's a truly in- wise investment for the pumping at work mom. 
Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Wendy, for your insight into knowing if a baby's getting enough when a mom returns to work. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Wendy will discuss how the amount a baby takes in a bottle correlates to what he or she can take from the breast during a breastfeeding session. For more information on our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at theboobgroup.com. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So today we're looking at the Eat Sleep app um, that we downloaded on our iPhones. And so the main thing with this app is that it tracks eating, sleeping, diaper change, and then it has a really nice place for notes as well. Um, and so ladies, what did you think of this app? Well, I like that you can track everything, eat, sleep, and diaper changes. Like, what what more do you need? I think that's awesome. Um, I It was free, which is amazing. Who <laughs> <laughs> can beat a free app? Um, I, don't, I think that anatomically, there are some things that could be improved. Um, just personal preference, like the... I don't, I, this isn't going to record well because I'm like showing <laughs> but the cancel button and the next button. I feel like those could be switched and it would just make more sense for like the the next button to be on like the right side instead of the cancel button because I kind of want to just click cancel and I don't actually want to cancel. Um, and that's the part where you actually add in the times, for right. example, when, when your baby ate or... Right. But one thing that I really appreciate is that it has for the feedings, it has left side, right side, formula and pumped because a lot of apps don't have pumped and like the duration of time that you're pumping um, and how much you pumped. So that's great. And... I mean, besides that, like, I really, I really like the app. I think that for diaper changes, um, for dirty diapers, that it would be awesome if you could, like, describe the consistency, maybe the color of the diapers, because that can kind of help you talk with your pediatrician if maybe they're sick and help you kind of figure out patterns for that, um, especially when they're so young and you're kind of figuring out, like, they're, if they're breastfed, if they're 100% breastfed and they have not started solids yet, and when they start solids, like, is this okay for their poop to be this color and stuff? You know, yeah. th- those questions that you feel silly asking, but you are you need to ask. Yeah, and there is that note section, which, which right. you could put it in there exactly. as well. Exactly, which I think that it's also brilliant that they have a notes section because I can't tell you, I, I wanted to find like a pediatrician app because I have so many questions to ask my pediatrician that I will absolutely forget by the time I go back to him. So that notes section is great to be able to write in things like that to remember to ask. Yeah. Teresa, did you have a chance to look at it at all? Yeah, just a little bit. And I agree that the next button and the cancel button need to be switched. The cancel button shows up in blues, making it very easy to accidentally delete your entry that you're trying to create. But otherwise, it looks like a pretty good app for keeping track of things. Um, If you're the kind of mom that has that level attention to detail, (laughs) I had trouble with even in the early days. Yeah. (laughs) And I I liked that it was pretty 
pretty basic. I mean, there weren't a lot of bells and whistles, which is fine because, you know, from a lactation consultant perspective, I don't want you spending too much time on your phone tracking everything. I want you to look at your baby's cues and everything. So just very basic tracking can be very helpful, for example, when you do go to the pediatrician and they ask you, how many times has your baby fed in the past 24 hours? And in your sleep deprived mind, you're like, I have no idea, (laughs) but let me pull out my phone. So I I do like that there wasn't too much stuff because I felt like it didn't it didn't take away from the time you were spending with your baby. It was just like, bam, 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 I'm done. Fantastic. And and then that note section was really nice. And aesthetically, it's really cute. So, I mean, who can, <laughs> yeah. who can turn that down? Exactly. <laughs> Although I'm still waiting to see the the app that has a boob for the feeding rather than the bottle. Yes. (laughs) But I don't know if we'll ever see that. Maybe just a baby. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Let's keep it simple. Exactly. But but again, um, yeah, I I thought the app was good. So would you uh, thumbs up or thumbs down for you, Christine? Uh, Thumbs up. Okay. How about you, Teresa? Thumbs up. Yeah. I thought it was pretty decent too. So I would give it a thumbs up as well. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents, and our show, Parent Savers, for moms and dads with newborns, infants, and toddlers. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. The views and experiences shared by Christine in this episode are her own personal opinions and not that of the United States Armed Forces. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, NewMommyMedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.